If you don't know me, I'm Professor Sean Sovey, Associate Dean, uh, Associate Dean at the College of Business and Technology. We have a lot of fun at the College of Business and Technology. We're in the middle of a marketplace chapel series about faith and work. Um, tomorrow, actually, let's highlight tomorrow, don't miss Professor Miller our very own Professor Miller, and a panel of NCO alums. Now, the panel of NCO alums is amazing. So I, I, I guarantee, I'm not overselling this, it will be amazing. Do not miss that tomorrow. Yesterday, Dean Bill Tibbetts, if you missed it, shame on you. You're probably an Enneagram 8. If you were here yesterday, you'll get that reference. Uh, now, catch it uh, online. It, it was powerful. Uh, Dean Tibbetts talked about our identity in Christ. A key takeaway that I drew from that is that God cares more about who you are than where you work. I'll say that again. God cares more about who you are than where you work, and I, it, we'll, we'll jump off of that idea in, 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 in the message today. We've intentionally yesterday with Eden Prairie Assembly of God and intentionally tomorrow with Kojic, Church of God in Christ will be in the house tomorrow. And Emmanuel today, I'm so grateful that my home church is here today. We've intentionally invited our local churches. Thank you, John Carlos, Audrey, Gabby, Jonathan. Actually, one of my advisees, I did not know Joshua was going to be playing the drums. I told him this morning when I saw him get out of his, his car, I was so excited because I was mentally thinking, I don't know who John Carlos has assembled uh, for, for today. Um, it'd be fun if Joshua was here playing drums, and he, wa he was, so I appreciate that. I appreciate the entire team. But whatever God has called me to do for the rest of my life, God calls me to be meaningfully and deeply and all in connected to my local church. Don't <laughs> say it again. Whatever I do for the rest of my life, God calls me to be meaningfully, deeply, all in, invested and connected in my local church. If you are Killing it in your family life, in your career and stuff, but you're not connected to a local church, I think you're missing out on something that God has, has planned for you. God has designed us to be connected. Let no one say that the College of Business and Technology does not support the local church. We are all in. I'm also, this might be, I was going to say, I'm wearing a t-shirt today. It's the Antioch Initiative t-shirt. And I was thinking, the number of times I've worn a t-shirt to chapel, I could count on one hand, maybe on one finger. Um... I think this might be the first time. And the reason is that the Antioch Initiative, if you're not familiar with it, is a, um, a joint program with the Assembly of God, between North Central University and the Assembly of God World Missions to reach unreached people groups. And I don't think I have my clicker. Can you go to the next slide? Oh, yeah, go to the next slide. Uh, Run for the Unreached is coming up uh, Saturday the 9th, so a week and a half from now. Now, I realize today does not seem like a great day to go out for a run, but I've looked at the advanced forecast, and it looks like it is going to be decent. I'm actually in that photo, so uh, yes, I will be there. If you want to treat this as the Can I Beat Professor Sovi run, I'm all in. I'm, I'm an Enneagram 3, so competition is, 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 is all right for me. So I'll be competitive even if I'm not competitive, you know, kind of, kind of thing. So can you beat Professor Sovey? Today, actually, go, go to the next slide. In the, in the uh, atrium, we have some amazing NCU students with some amazing business. We'll unpack today what, a little bit of a theology of faith and work, and I'll try to at least call it value to what they're doing. Stop by, check their stuff out, 
place an order, support, encourage, champion them. Here, here, here's kind of three statements as we start, and you can kind of go back to the, the faith and work slide. Um, here, here's three statements. God is into the local church. I should be too. God is into reaching unreached people. I should be too. God is into the work that you do every day. You should be into that also. So that, that's kind of the, where, where we're going here. God is into these things, and they're intertwined. They're not separated. If you think about work, work existed before the fall. Work existed before there was sin in the world. Work is not a punishment for sin. Now, with sin, that impacts our work. It makes it challenging in ways that it wasn't before the fall. Sin has marred work, but in the beginning, God created. In fact, actually, that second word in the Hebrew Old Testament is, well, in beginning, created God, is, is literally how, how, how it, it states it. And that created is, in the beginning, made, crafted, created. It, it's, it's a word of work. God worked in the beginning. He created. And it's an interesting theme in Genesis chapter 1. There's a pattern on day two, well, actually, on, on, on day two and day three, he continued creating. And then he says of his creation every day that it was, do you know the word? It was good. And then the next day, he continued creating, and it was good. And he continued creating, and it was good. And then on day six, he continued creating. And on day six, the pattern changes, and it's not just good. It is very good. It's very good. The, the, the pattern and the change is startling. On day six, he created you, me, man, woman, and he created us, a creative God created us to be creative people, creating, working, doing. Genesis chapter one and two, he, it's very clear that the man, the woman were created to work from the very beginning. And he says, we reflect his likeness. A creative God who worked as a first activity in this world, calls us to work, and it's very good. Why is it very good? It's very good because as we create, as you do your daily work throughout this world, wherever he calls you, you're bringing your creativity, and you're representing a creative God to the entire, uh, uh, entirety of this world. And God calls it very, very good. He created us to work in the first place. Now, before I go further, I, I'm not just talking about compensated, paid work. I'm all for compensation, actually. I've got business leaders. Um, I, actually, we just got an, I got an email from a, from a uh, partner, business partner of us. It was like a love letter about how amazing our graduates are and how they want to connect to you. And a lot of times these business leaders will say, how, you know, how much should we pay? And I, I'm always saying more. I mean, just I mean, straight, straight up, I'm like more. You just you get, raise, raise it. So I'm all about compensation, but we're not just talking about compensation. My wife, Carrie, is working today. Um, her clients schedule a year in advance, so she's working. I didn't know a year ago I was going to be, <laughs> going to be speaking in chapel. Um, but she's a CPA. She has her own business. She works. And for five years, though, she was, she and I, but a lot of her was called to care for her mom with advanced dementia. Caring for someone, a, a mother with advanced dementia, she was legal guardian, representative, caregiver. It wasn't compensated, but it was significant. 
It was challenging, frustrating, tear-inducing a lot of the time. It was valuable. I should say, actually, one of my favorite things was to pick up my, my, my mother-in-law and bring her to Emmanuel, and I actually have a video of her lifting her hands and worshiping with a team, much like we were here today. Even with dementia, she was still worshiping. But that work that my wife, Carrie, did was not compensated, but it was significant, it was valuable. So again, I'm, when I talk about work, don't think it's just a job, paid, compensated, it's, it's everything. I'm more expansive about what I, I think theologically and even economically I call work. So if you think about our majors here at North Central, and just different places where God might call you, whether it's journalism, public affairs, advertising, technical writing, realize God's into that. If you're in social work, oh, wait, time out. Social work, I mean, you spent five years uh, working through dementia. Uh, I love social workers. Social workers were lifelines to us. Multiple social workers on the county level, on the hospital level, I mean, all over the board, we had social workers. If you're a social worker, God's into what you do. Psychology, counseling, behavioral therapy, ASL interpreting. Being an actuary, a risk analyst, medicine, nursing, biological technicians, God is into that. If you're a music educator, a worship leader, if you're in the theater, if you're a pastor, a church administrator, financial analyst, accountant, God is into that. If you're in language instruction, you're recruiting, you're in wealth management, you're in facility or event management, you're coaching sports, you deal with sports data and analytics, God is into that. If you're in human resources, if you're a business analyst, you're involved in purchasing, if you're in sales, marketing, brand management, software engineering, data analysis, information architecture, God's into that. If you start new businesses, if you're involved in nonprofits, for-profits, churches, faith-based, non-faith-based, governmental, I don't care the type of organization, God's into that. God's into that. Can you pull the next slide? So this is a song, or a lyric from a song from uh, Drew Holcomb. I, I like this. I'll try to unpack at least why I've, I'm including it today. Um, the, the lyric goes this. He said, I write too many love songs. I think he's got it all wrong. The heart of, of many good love songs is a cold heart getting warm. That oftentimes our feelings and emotions follow our actions. Ironically, last night this popped up actually while I was in my kitchen. My wife and I celebrated 30 years of marriage this year. And we still dance around the kitchen. Last night I was actually to this song, ironically. Um, and, and, but why? Partly to embarrass the kids, but partly is that you stay warm or you take a, card, a heart that could get cold over time by actually inclining your heart in. And it, I think it's probably true that a lot of love songs were born out of hearts that were cold, wanting to become warm, relationally. Go to the next slide. If I think about this in relation to our work, I can oftentimes find my heart cold to work, but what if I offered it as a love song to God and said, God, could you take this coldness and make it warm? I was actually, I just it's a simple idea, but I was in my small group at church. I have a middle school teacher who deals with middle schoolers. I, that should be enough said. I mean, so there's challenges and frustrations and, 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 and things going on there. And I, I just said this simple statement. She's like, oh, no, I like that. That, that. that actually speaks to me. By the way, for students right now, 
your vocation at the moment, or at least a significant part of it, is being a student. At times, our hearts can become cold to studies, reading, writing, working in group projects, quizzes, exams. You don't graduate and then start your vocation. You're starting it now. I mean, you're doing it now. You're vocating right now. You're working right now. It's called being a student. And I get it that our hearts aren't always warm. What if I offered my studies, my program that I'm in the middle of to God and say, God, I offer it to you as a love song. Could you make my heart warm to to work? This isn't a new biblical concept or idea. Um, This is just putting different words to a theology that's been around for millennia. Jews for, again, thousands of years have been repeating basically this theme every single day. In fact, God said, repeat it. He said, you know, repeat it to your kids, to your family, when you're sitting, you're standing, you're walking. When you're lying down, bind them on your hearts, you know, post these words, these thoughts, this idea on your, on your doors and your gates. And the reminder is there because we're prone to forget. I'm prone to forget. In the busyness of life with stress and challenges and things, it's in, everything is competing for my time and attention. It's easy to forget. So for every day... For millennia, people have repeated this in Hebrew. And you can actually go to the next slide. In Hebrew, it says, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloheinu, Hashem Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. The Lord is God alone. The Lord is God without compare. There is nobody in his place. That oneness is a little bit more expansive than just a mere Trinitarian formulation, which it is, but... It's more than that. Hashem love the Lord without God. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Levavka with all of your heart. Ubahol nefeshka with all of your soul. Ubahol meodeha with all of your strength. We're called to bring every part of our life before God as a love song, and includes our work, our vocation, our career, all of it. And the overflow of this, again, in the New Testament, they tied it to Leviticus chapter 19 as well, to love your neighbor. I bring my work before God as a love song, and my neighbor gets benefited from that. Go to the next slide. This is actually a few of my clients over time. And I I sort of put this up to say that um, not all of these clients were amazing. I used to say that I special. Well, I used to say that I specialize in bad clients. Usually, the conversation would go at my consulting firm. We have a client opportunity for you, and we think that you have the maturity and poise, and we think that you'd be a great fit for this. And it usually meant I was getting the client that nobody else wanted. So, I, I, I so this. There's some amazing clients in this list, and there's some ugly clients <laughs> in this list as as well. You know, over your career, you're going to work with some amazing people, and you're going to work with some pieces of work. That's, that's one way to put it. It's, um, it doesn't, this doesn't mean you have to stay in the work situation. So what I'm not saying is just, just plow through, offer your, your work to God as an offering, as a love song, and just take it. Uh, at least one of these clients I've, I did fire. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty resilient, but I, at some point, it's not a good, good relationship. And even on this question, kind of over the rest of your life, this career question, should I stay or should I go? I've worked that out this year with some alumni of North Central who, in one case, um, one of our alums said, well, you know, I'm just, I'm having, because of my work, 
I'm having physical, negative physical issues. I'm having negative relational issues. We kind of worked through that, decided maybe it'd be good to work through opportunities. She had multiple offers, and we worked through kind of, you know, which of those might fit her best, and she's excited on the other side. So I'm not saying just take it in whatever thing you're in, but every, even in bad clients and bad work situations, I can give that to God as a love song. As you're kind of journeying through this, as you're journeying through this, it's best to journey with other people. Again, that's partly why we have Emmanuel here today. I'm so grateful, thankful for them to be here. Um, answering questions about should I sit stare, should I go, where do you want me to go, God, is not easy. We do that oftentimes in, in relationship with other people. This theme, again, it's throughout Scripture. I could issue, kind of read a bunch of Scriptures that give the same idea. Paul urges us, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies your, the entirety of your life, offer everything you say and do for the rest of your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Worship is not simply what happens here in this room. It's what I do every day. It's a heart. It's a posture before God. Now, um, thinking about this, I had some examples. And there's certain careers that you might think, I could see God at work in that. Um, we have some folks working here today. We call them ASL interpreters. I'm sure they like me calling attention. Um, we're, in a really, we're in a faith-based context here, so it's easy to see that maybe my work interpreting has value to God. But let's say I take interpreting into a bank, a law firm, an accounting firm, a corporate environment, or maybe a school where um, we're not talking about Jesus, but we're talking about science and, bio, you know, and, uh, and math. Does God work in and through that? I think he does. And sometimes... We can't have this idea that, well, what I do in my day job, I was interpreting today, again, my wife has had uh, interpreters at her, at her CPA firm. Um, I interpreted at a CPA firm because that wasn't a faith-based context that, well, that wasn't worship, it was secular. And now I go to church and then that, that's faith and that matters and this really didn't count. Well, it paid the bills so that I could go to church and do the real stuff that actually matters to God. All of it matters to God. Now, interpreting is sort of a service. It's, it, it helps people. It's easy to see the value of it. We see it tangibly before us. Nursing, other types of occupations. But what about something like sales? <laughs> Dr. Tennyson tells a story, and he probably tells it better than me, of talking to uh, a member of his church who was in sales, trying to figure out how God, God, how are you in this? I'm trying to, hard to see that God is at work in my life in sales. And they had a long conversation. At some point, Dr. Tennyson said, you know, you've never told me once in this entire discussion what you sell. And the guy responds, well, I sell um, medical devices that improve people's lives. And like, sometimes just saying something to someone else, like an idea or concept that had never hit you, suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, what I'm doing actually does matter. I help save people's lives through the things that I sell. But what about uh, technology sales? So we, we have an alum who goes to my church uh, that works at a company uh, headquartered a half a mile from North Central. And they, they sell software that helps uh, companies manage their inventories from kind of bringing inventory on and managing their inventories. You go, well, this, that's not like medical device sales. It doesn't save people's lives. But there's a couple of words that you may be seeing in the news lately uh, supply, supply chain, supply chain shortages, and inflation. 
If you think about a company being able to manage its inventory a little bit better, that hits the supply chain. If they do that more efficiently and more cost effectively, that helps them keep their prices down. That's the inflation side of things. So technology sales, I think I could talk about that in relationship to God being at work in that. What if I'm working, I'm at North Central and I'm trying to fund my way through college and I'm working in a restaurant or I'm working in fast food and stuff, could God be at work in that? A, couple, a few years ago, at a family, family friends, they said, hey, could you uh, supervise a visit with our son and his birth dad? There's things that go on in family life that might cause us legally to have a son or a child separated from a parent. Um, And so uh, I was doing a supervised visit. We did that at McDonald's. And we walked into McDonald's, and the birth dad was there, and the grandparents, sometimes extended family, get caught up in these things as well. And I supervised a visit between a middle schooler. And if you'd have seen his face as he walked into that McDonald's, beaming. He hadn't seen his dad in over a year. And he said, Dad, just thinking about it today gets me. Dad, he's just a kid in his teens, He just loves his dad. His dad's not perfect. There's things going on in the family dynamics that I'm supervising the visit. And that day, if you'd asked one of the workers at McDonald's, you know, how was your day today? Imagine the response is, eh, it was normal. Oh, it stunk. I had to deal with an irritable customer. One of my coworkers ticks me off. They might not have realized that that day they facilitated a relationship between a middle schooler and his dad and his grandparents. And it's powerful. In the last few months, we've actually had a Chick-fil-A open a new location here in the metro. And the team there, six months prior to opening that location, actually walked and prayed around the location as they were building it out. And part of their prayer was, God, would you use this location to, to minister to people? There's relationships that could be built here. It's, just, it's an idea towards our work that, God, you're at work in my work, and I can offer it as a love song to you, and it glorifies you, and it reaches and serves the needs of other people. Go to the next slide. This is Cy, and this is Michael. Um, and Michael serves, Michael's in the wheelchair, and, and Cy serves in our ministry. Cy is actually finishing out his uh, program in, uh, in, in, to be a pharmacist. So he's in his rotations and, and, and things right now, just almost done with his, his work to be a pharmacist. Previous to this, he worked as a driver for Metro Mobility, and that's how he met Michael. I think a lot of people actually at our church see Michael every day and don't know the story. Um, he, he, he met Michael, and he spoke dignity through his driving into Michael's life. Because he allowed, Michael said, um, Metro Mobility allows me to get to work. He spoke dignity through that, but Michael noticed that while, he, while Cy was driving him, he played Christian music, which sparked a conversation about the music, the God that Cy serves, invited Michael to Emmanuel. Emmanuel or sorry, Michael came. He encountered Jesus. For seven or eight years, almost every Sunday, you'll see him serving faithfully at, at Emmanuel. But part of his story was Sai offering his job every day, might seem Monday in some days, as a driver through Metro Mobility, as an offering, as an offering to God. Uh, are there jobs or opportunities that, that might not be good examples? How about debt collection? Anybody here want to go into debt collection? <laughs> um, debt collection. 
Debt collection is a scenario where someone hasn't paid their bills, we're trying to collect that. I actually have Will at Emmanuel. By the way, he sang in the choir recently, so it's that Will. He's in debt collections. Will is good at debt collection, and Will is like the most charming person you've ever met. If he didn't know Jesus and was unethical, he could rob you blind and you'd invite him to be the best man in your wedding. I mean, just, I mean, seriously, he's charming. But he sees dignity and value with those that he's working through debt collections. He's good at it. And he's, he admits, I'm pretty good at it. I'm good at relating to people and treating them as people, as humans in the process. And I need to collect money from them. And I do so in ways that honor them and honor God. On a debt collection call, he led a woman to the Lord. And something in that says something about Will. It says something about God. God loved a woman so much that in the middle of her debt, some of it financial, a lot of it spiritual, God sent Will to be the one to connect to her. Will is the type of Jesus follower that is so winsome and how and honoring and dignifying in how he interacts with people that there's something attractional about that that she said, I want to know more about what motivates you, what drives you, this Jesus that you serve, and God opens up a door and an entry into that. We could come through you know, lots of examples. My, uh, I'll do one last one, and I'll skip actually most of the rest of my slides as we're at time. Um, my, my uncle Denny passed away in the last month, and we did a, a service honoring his life le- uh, on Friday night. And I remember a story. He, Denny, for uh, his life, was amazing at, mechanic, at, at auto mechanics. So he ran a business, built a business um, from small means, small financial means, and built a, a decent business in Osceola, Wisconsin, called Denny's Auto. And sold it um, when my, my aunt was struggling with the stage four cancer, retired. But shortly before he did that, he had been reading a book uh, that God was, he told me, God's been challenging me. I've been reading this book about how God could use our everyday interactions with people um, to share Jesus with them. And he said, honestly, I realized I'm kind of introverted and I kind of like sitting underneath a car and working on a car and this whole dealing with people kind of thing it's getting more and more weighty on me. It's just tiring. And he's, so he's reading this book about how God could use our everyday interactions uh, with people to share Jesus. And he notices a young couple, say 20, 21, 22, uh, uh, their car broke down on the road outside of his business. And he's thinking, I just like to stay here in my introvertedness and do my work and not, but oh God, you're calling me to walk across my parking lot to interact with them and maybe I'll do that. He did. Short story is he surprised them by putting their car up on his rack on, uh, in, in, his, in, his, in his shop and fixing what was kind of ailing the car and fixing more stuff because there's a lot of stuff wrong and not charging for it. And they said, why are you doing this? And he started to tell them about Jesus, invited them to his church. Three months later, he and my aunt are at church and it's a baptism service. They have, they've connected loosely with this couple between them, but they haven't really heard much of their story. And the couple walks across the stage to get baptized at the church. Obviously, they went up and hugged afterwards and, and continued to connect. God, through your work, whether it's an auto mechanic, insurance, sales, interpreting, has called you to honor and glorify him. And as we bring our love song before him, he honors and glorifies us. I'll go to the, the last slide, um, Romans 12, 1, but the message version. Hey, would you stand with me?
as you stand, look at your feet. Everybody's we're a couple minutes over. We'll, we'll wrap quickly. Look at your feet. Wherever those feet go for the rest of your life, that's a mission field. Wherever those feet go for the rest of your life, that's an opportunity to glorify God and offer before him a love song. I love how Eugene Peterson unpacked Romans 12.1. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, taking exams and studying, and walking around kind of life, and place it before God as an offering. Hold out your hands, close your eyes, think about your major, the career that you already have, or maybe the career that you anticipate before you, and say, God, I offer to you as an offering. God, we offer before you today our everyday, ordinary lives, whether they are in education or counseling or social work. Take our everyday, ordinary lives, our sleeping, eating, and going to work, whether it's mathematics, English, biology, media, communications, ASL interpreting. We offer you our everyday, ordinary lives as an offering, whether it's music, worship leading, theater, pastoral, ministry, global studies, accounting, finance. We offer to you our everyday, ordinary lives. We just bring it before you as an offering. Whether it's business administration or computer science, information science, entrepreneurship, marketing, sports management, we're leaving a lot of things out, but we offer it before you as an offering, saying, God, would you take our everyday, ordinary lives, we offer it before you as a love song, pray that you would use it as an offering, that you'd be glorified. We would fill the world with wonder (laughs) through our work. Father, I pray that you'd take your presence with us as we work, as we continue to honor and glorify you. Ultimately, you are the object of our work. We work not as unto people, but as unto you. Colossians 3. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you work. Thank you for joining us today. Come tomorrow. Kojic, Church of God in Christ, will be in the house. Professor Miller with a panel of NCU alums, you will not want to miss it.